What's up, Redemption? How you doing? John Hendricks here, as always, for a brand new episode of the Thirsty Four podcast. This one on the heels of the first ever Mr. Classic. And what do you know? That stinking Allstead, Jaden, he had to go and win something else, didn't he? We've got him on. We're going to talk also to Mark here about his big upset win over number one seed John Early. And then we've got some other kind of recap on Mr. Classic and also hitting some recent news and content within the community. So glad you're here. Let's get right into it. Alright guys, welcome into episode number 53 of the Threshing Floor Podcast. John Hendricks here as always. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. I guess the first thing is, man, what an awesome event Mr. Classic turned out to be. That thing was fun. I got to see cards that I never thought I'd <laughs> want to see again or, or actually ever actually see played much at all. And in that, there was a lot of fun. A lot of just getting to hang out, getting that second, you know, annual feeling of hanging out with the boys and just seeing everyone again. I mean, we talk so much about community feel with this game, and it's 100% true. And just getting to go through that, and that experience alone makes the whole ordeal of Mr. Classic and all of the effort and energy to make that thing happen makes all of that worth it. But on top of that, getting to play some games – have fun, just a a good time all around. I guess obviously we have to go ahead and say congratulations to the man that brought it home, and that's none other than Jaden Alstead, who has been winning everything he he plays in. I mean, dude is just on an insane tear right now. And if you went and you started listing out the best active players right now, I think that puts it to rest. I don't think. I don't think there's any way that you could put anyone above him right now as far as best active player. He wins type two, wins type one, wins classic. I mean, scrolls only. What can't this guy do? I mean, it's just insane the, the kind of tear that he's on right now. And, I mean, it's just going to continue to inspire people to get better just to be able to run with that cat. <laughs> I mean, just lights out. But... Um, I guess we had some other events going on, so we can go over the results for those. We had Booster Draft, and Booster Draft was one. This is a classic-only Booster Draft. Um, I would like to to let everyone know that I ended up did I, I ended up playing this format, this category, and <laughs> oh my goodness, John and the table that we played at first because we drafted together, he had a good time. Um, Apparently, Jerusalem Tower did not work the way that I thought it did. <laughs> and I played that, and I got hurt a couple of times. So I had to shuffle my eight cards, and I couldn't draw. Oh, my goodness. Um, so I definitely did not have the most fun at the first table, but uh, ended up being a fun event overall. And John went on. He won that first game, and he went on to roll 
through the competition there in the three rounds that we played of classic booster draft. And he brought that title home. So he won booster draft. At the same time that booster draft was happening, there was type two happening, type two classic. And that was won by Mr. Jay Chambers, who said that he wanted to come. He wanted to come and win everything. He didn't want to just come and win Mr. Classic. He wanted to win Mr. Classic weekend. He wanted to walk out of there Mr. Classic weekend. Well, I tell you what, Jaden kept that from happening by winning Mr. Classic. So Jay didn't walk out of there Mr. Classic weekend, but he did walk out of there Mr. Weekend because dude won everything else that he played. A a perfect 7-0, and I believe it was, in Type 1 Classic, playing a deck that he's been playing in rotation play. He used two Classic cards, Falling Away and Alexander. And what can you say? Jay is one of those types of people that because he he talks a lot and he's one of those really flamboyant personalities as far as uh you know talking strategy and things like he likes to he likes to you know mix it up a little bit and you know, throw a little trash talk in there every now and then and a lot of that leads back to him getting some some jokes on the back end but Jay's a really fantastic player I got to see him up close and personal when he was here in Alabama and him and Jeremy both are the reason that I really enjoyed this game, and they pulled me in by the fact that they were so good. And to compete with them, I knew that I had to work really hard to even be competitive against those guys. And that really pulled me into the strategy of the game and all of that. But Jay's someone that has not been to Nationals in the past couple of years. Hopefully he's able to make it this year. I know that is the plan. But people just don't realize how good of a player he is because all of the jokes that we throw his way. But, I mean, you got to give it to him. Dude's an insanely good player, and he understands how to win in different formats, different categories, uh, how to adjust his play style enough to work within certain limitations. And, I mean, just look at the man. He's winning with Flood. <laughs> I mean, he's found a way to mix modern and an offense from a, a few years back that people had, frankly, just about written off. And he's on an insane tear. So, Mr. Weekend, Jay Chambers, give it to him. He he did everything he set out to accomplish except for win Mr. Classic. So, congratulations, Jay, on, on winning those categories. Type 1, two-player classic, and then type 2, two-player classic. And... In addition to uh, Mr. Classic and those categories, we also had an Ironman competition going on while all of this was happening, and Ironman was just a classic setup, so you could play pretty much anything. And I believe the last I heard, unless there was some change there at the end, I believe that Jeremy Chambers ended up winning that. So Mr. Uh, Host himself, Mr. Like, let's set this thing up, he ended up uh, winning Ironman. And so he got the top prize there. But there was prizes given out for the top three placings there. You know, a better host would probably know the top three placings. But, hey, you get what you get. <laughs> that that almost puts it to, to rest on Mr. Classic. It was a great event. Definitely looking forward to potentially having that again in the future. But as that wraps up, we get ready to focus on major tournament season. Um, and on the back back of this recent news section, I do have some pre-recorded uh, 
conversation with the community wild card, Mr. Mark Valake, off of his big upset win against number one seed John Early, and then also Mr. Classic himself, Jaden Allstead. So that's what the body of this episode is going to consist of. But as we get ready to kind of put a bow on what Mr. Classic was, it lets us turn our focus now to the major tournament season. And that's a super exciting prospect because there's a lot to be excited about for this tournament season. And, I mean, there's just a lot to be excited about in general. We've got new starters that have been sent to the printers, new printers, which potentially helps with the increased cost that we were facing with the current printer that we were using or that Rob was using. I say we because I feel that invested. <laughs> That's the, the cool thing about Redemption. As a player, you feel so invested that it's you're using we, kind of like when you're a, a really loyal fan of a sports team. Rob was facing those added costs and unfortunately having to pass them down in the, the price of Super Packs is where we saw it so far. We hadn't seen it across anything, any other product lines, but potentially was going to be there. But a new printer hopefully helps, you know, eliminate some of that or at least give a little bit of flexibility on the pricing there to not have to have such a high increase. I was worried about the printers being uh, discussed as a new format of, of the starter decks going to the printer. I was worried about size, but Gabe did come out and say that the goal and the hope is that there is no size difference, although we obviously have to get the product in hand and then see. So no guarantees can be made that that will not be an issue. But the elders have made it a point to explain to Rob that it's it's really something that needs to be maintained, trying to keep the cards the same size. So definitely thankful that they are in our corner on that. But... We'll just have to see how those starters come out, and those are expected to be here in the summer, and that's just as general of a term as I can give you because that's all that is listed on Rob's website. We know the cards have been sent to printer, but until they actually come in, there's no way to narrow that time frame down because you have to have product in hand before you can start packaging them and getting them ready for retail sales. So right now we're just kind of at the mercy of the printers. I know another thing that had been mentioned and was a pretty pretty hot topic recently is the fact that the starters have gone to print and there has not been a Kickstarter. And I think that pretty much everyone probably now understands and, and has seen the information that's come out about that, that Rob ended up deciding not to use Kickstarter to fund those and instead... He has already sent them to printer, so that's good news. I, I think a lot of the focus on that, and I mentioned that I was not surprised that Rob ended up backing out of using Kickstarter, and the reason was because I looked up, when it was first announced, I looked up several different um, smaller projects like this. Maybe not necessarily like this. A lot of them weren't cards. A lot of them were like video games or mobile games type thing. People trying to get funding for just random gaming um, products. And I thought that was the most comparable. I didn't lean into the whole Christian thing. So I don't know about potentially the the comment that uh, religious stuff might get buried. So I can't speak to that because I didn't look that up specifically. But knowing that Rob was already willing to send the starter decks to print and print them and package them, sell them, 
And the only thing that we were doing the fundraiser for was for him to be able to add in the discount um, so that churches and, and whatnot could get discounts for those and then to get the additional um, few cards that were going to be added after national. So knowing that Rob was pretty much already there on funding, just needing to be pushed over the top. And then obviously we know about roots and everyone's excited about roots, but roots was a stretch goal of that. And it seemed to me like we were so close on the funding already or Rob just doing that himself, that the main point of the Kickstarter was told to us that it was the, um, that it was the starter decks. And this is not of anyone's fault. I'm not, trying to say that anyone's at fault for this information. It's just kind of something that evolved um, as you go through the process. But I think, and maybe this this might not be what, you know, led to Rob making that decision, but this is just my outside view of it or my opinion of just seeing how it developed is that we were already really close to getting the funding organically, like just Rob paying for it the way that he has done in the past. And we say we're going to do this Kickstarter to get us this extra discount and stuff. And then we're going to put the stretch goal of roots in there as well. And it seemed like the funding ended up being more for or needed more for roots than the starter decks. So it seems like Rob ended up finding a new printer and just going ahead and printing the starter decks. And so now that leaves a project like roots kind of in the air and I do know, I will not share any information that um, is groundbreaking here, but I think it's it's going to be fair for me to be able to tell you this because of information that I gleaned from some conversation with Chris at Mr. Classic. So if I'm overstepping the boundaries here, <laughs> Chris can uh, let me know. But I believe it's safe to tell you guys that there will be a fundraiser coming up that will benefit the game and help, you know, fund some projects. I don't know what projects. I can assume that that means that Roots would be funded by this fundraiser. But, again, I'm not confirming that. I'm not saying that. I just know that a fundraiser will be happening where all of the proceeds will go to Rob and Cactus Game Design to fund the game of Redemption, fund the future of Redemption without having to give that um, 8 to 10% Kickstarter because – while Kickstarter takes their 5% or whatever it is off the top, they also process payments through Amazon, I believe it is. And then there's an additional uh, 3 to 5% taken off for that as well. That was one of the complaints that a lot of people had when I looked it up, was that they were not made as aware on the front end that that second uh, cut was being taken out. And then when they went to, to close it out, they had that cut taken out. And, of course, it's there in the fine print and all of that. They're not hiding that information, but you have to kind of seek it out to know it. They don't make it as upfront as that 5% that Kickstarter takes off the top. So a fundraiser is happening. I will tell you that I can confirm that for you guys, what it's going to fund and the, the what it's going to entail, um, any type of benefit you get for making donations. All of that is completely beyond my scope. So I just, I'm telling you in general, there is a fundraiser coming up, so continue to save your money if you want to support the future of the game. All of that is still going to be happening, just not using Kickstarter as the medium to do it. In a similar vein, 
Um, and this is maybe where Chris gets himself in trouble, but there was some talk of Israel's rebellion going on at Mr. Classic. For you guys that were not able to make it, man, I wish I could share everything that I know, but I feel like I know way too much to just come on here and start spilling my spilling my heart out. But this set looks flipping amazing. Um, I was concerned because I know that there's been some talk of simplifying the game and simplifying the sets going back down to 129 card sets like Revelation of John, Fall of Man was. And that immediately makes you or makes me think that we're going to lose some of the creativity within the set. But that's not necessarily true. And that's just me, you know, projecting because the the set's getting cut down. I feel like we're just getting less. That doesn't mean that the cards that we're getting are not going to be, you know, amazing. But I got to see Chris play a couple of games with a basically a. 65 to 70% um, playtest deck. And the rest of those were, you know, established cards in the card pool already that we're aware of. But there was a ton of new cards in that thing. And I was on cloud nine the entire time, dude. Like, you can probably tell it in my voice. I am super stoked for this new set. Like, if it was here right now, I would buy 10 boxes. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, this new set looks unbelievable i am super hyped um it really does seem like the the elders card card designers was just like you know what can we do to really make hendrix flip out and just get him to go insane and then they put all of that into into the set and i'm just like guys i cannot i i will i will not share things um i feel like i have a little bit of a I have a little bit of a fine line that I have to walk because I definitely like bringing you guys information and sharing that. And I am pretty good at getting information that isn't necessarily available to everyone just because, um, I mean, it's, it's more of a consequence of opportunity as well because Chris is there and you can, you can kind of poke him and get him to talk a little bit sometimes. But I also want to respect the elders and know that they have information that they have that is not ready for public release yet. And I don't want to overstep that. So while I'm excited about that and I'm trying to pass on the fact that I'm excited, I'm not excited to the point to where I'm going to tell you everything that I know because those cards may change. There's so much that can happen between now and that set being released at national. So I don't want to give anybody any type of information that has not been, you know, authorized for release to the public community for the game so understand the fine line that I'm walking <laughs> I'm a big guy okay I'm trying to walk on this line and keep my balance so I'm trying not to fall off either way but I definitely want to pass on the fact that I am super excited and you guys should be excited as well now with that there was one card that was spoiled that I believe is safe to go over I believe Emmanuel actually went back. He did my job for, for the community this time, and he went back and found the card and shared it. This was shared on live stream at one point. So let me pull it up real quick, and we'll go over it together. All right. This card is going to be 
forgiveness of Joseph. I believe the numbers on it are one in four, but I am not 100% sure. It is a mono brigade blue enhancement. Blue enhancement, guys, okay? Blue. That means that Tyler and everyone else involved in this set knew that there was going to be some blue, and they did not tell me. And you know how much I have an affinity for blue. So, come on, guys. Come on, you could have shared a little bit, okay? Um, but this is Forgiveness of Joseph. And the ability, it looks like it says, negate an evil card, period. So, negate an evil card, it's a negate. But then it says, opponent must under deck one, and then in parentheses are three, if at least two evil brigades are in battle, close parentheses, evil cards from hand. So you negate an evil card. Now they have to under deck one evil card or three. I believe that's a three. It's kind of blurry on here. So I'm, I'm working off of the same in, image that you guys have. It might be two, but under deck more than one if more than if at least two evil brigades are in battle. So... That is a spoiler that has been shared on the live stream. So I think it's safe to go over that one. That does not mean that that one still will not change. Um, but that one, since it was shared to the community kind of publicly outside of me choosing to do so, I'm, I feel like I'm safe to go over that one with you guys. But, yeah, just know that when it comes to Israel's rebellion, <laughs> you guys need to be stoked for this thing. Because it's going to be awesome. Now, before we get to our recorded conversations here, I would like to go over some uh, recent content that's come out that I haven't gotten to go over with the way that I've structured the podcast the last few weeks that we've done. Josiah, then taking that week off because of my voice, and then doing the five-and-a-half-hour podcast that wrecked the rest of my voice. And I'm still trying to recover from all of that. But we really haven't done a recent news section, so... I would like to uh, go ahead and just give shout-outs to some content creators for the game because I think that the the place where the game is right now, it being so good for new players to come in or returning players, a lot of that set up because of the community and creating pro creating content for the game that can be an engagement point for players to come in even without the cards in hand um, because I'll tell you, 90% of the time I'm thinking about redemption, it's not with cards. Even though the game is a card game, you know, I'm thinking about it mentally or thinking about content with the game. I'm watching other people play. I don't have the cards, but I have videos of them playing. Um, and I think that the community creating all of this content is just great for the game and the future of the game. So I definitely like to uh, include that on the podcast when I get the chance. So I guess we'll start with Mr classic Jaden Alstead. We're going to have to start using that to, you know, talk about Jaden Alstead. So, Mr. Classic Alstead himself. <laughs> he has content from Mr. Classic, obviously. He's got the live stream that we did with commentary. He's got that. He's also got some type 1 gameplay from the following day. And I believe he has all but the last round because he was breaking down as they were finishing up. But he has that. You can go and check that out. And also, in addition to that, he's got some recent classic gameplay on his channel from the past couple of weeks. And you can 
check those out. Um, I don't know how much people are going to want to see it, but he did put out a pretty comprehensive list of cards that you should know before Mr. Classic Weekend. Um, obviously, we're past that now, so it might be something that you just kind of say for next year beforehand. Now, this was a resource that was probably made directly for me to help me out with the commentary, but I didn't get a chance to watch it, so sorry, sorry, bro. <laughs> Over on Tyler Talks, Tyler's last video was good gospel stuff, and this is kind of a conglomerate of just good uh, offensive pieces. It's got the Bethany Trio mixed with Nativity, and has Matthew Speed built in, has Herod's on defense, and that's a a pretty good mix of just good value that's found in GOC to build an offense with. So you guys can go and check that out. And obviously he's going to give you a lot of the combos and plays in that. That's the way Tyler does these things. Shows you the video uh, or the picture of the deck list and then starts talking about the individual plays in depth pretty well. So you can get a feel of that by watching that. If you go a couple of weeks past that, there is a video on Type 2. Um, I believe he titled it Type 2 is a Thing. And that video is focusing on Type 2 as the format, uh, as the as the the subject format for that video. And I think it's the first time he's actually focused primarily on type two. And he is known as a type two player. So that's where he's made his name, Mr. Hiatus. Wanted to be Mr. Classic, but he's still Mr. Hiatus. <laughs> but you can go check that out if you're interested in type two. Um, kind of a newcomer to the content space is Mr. Ager the Wise. Um, I had the pleasure of playing him in the opening round of the Zoom Discord tournament to where he uh, kindly kicked my butt. <laughs> but he has uh, Lackey Grand Prix Classic Round 3 um, gameplay between him and Flooded Red, which is Jay Chambers. And this is one that if you want to go back and watch, it's just insane the opening hand that Jay gets. He gets... Jehu and Simeon opening hand with placing everything down and then hitting a mayhem and then just card advantage, you know, insane. So I didn't watch much past him hitting that mayhem because it was just a quick, I watched the first few minutes of it and then got sidetracked. But, <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like it's setting up for Jay to run away with that one, but you can definitely go and check that out if you're, you're interested in some more of that classic gameplay. Now, our friend Rob M. from Rob M. Studios on YouTube, he has been dabbling into the Animo content. So there's several videos recently of Animo, and that's kind of a, uh, a Christian-based card game, a faith-based card game that is geared more toward younger players. And he's going through that. Uh, opening packs and talking about the gameplay and stuff of that game. So if you're interested in that, if you have younger kids or whatnot and you're interested in that, he's got that kind of content. And maybe that appeals to some of you out there that are maybe in the market for adding another collectible card game to your arsenal of games that you like to play. Me personally, I just can't afford to get into anything else since I spend so much money on Redemption. But hey, maybe somebody else out there is interested in that. Now, I do have one other kind of, uh, I don't have any, any information on it, but I will tell you that 
I am aware of a new YouTube channel that is going to be coming to market soon for redemption. So we're adding another YouTube channel, another content creator. And this is one you're going to want to check out. So just in the future, in the next couple of weeks, there will be a new YouTube channel. So I'm just going to go ahead and hit you with that. Also, there may be a new podcast as well. There's been talk of a podcast focusing on more deck building and archetypes and things of that nature. And so that might be coming in the works as well. So I want to shout that out and get you kind of pumped for future content that might be coming to market for us here. And with that, I think we're good to roll over and get into our pre-recorded conversations. I guess one, one thing I do need to clarify is that some of the, uh, some of the streams that happened for Mr. Classic that did not have commentary, I believe those are on John Early's Twitch stream. So maybe he will port those over to YouTube onto his YouTube channel because I know they disappear after a while on Twitch, but those are available currently on Twitch if you want to go and check those out. I think I just kind of made the assumption that they were all available on Jaden's channel. So just want to clarify that. And with that, I think we are good to get into the conversation here with Mark, and then we'll talk to Mr. Classic himself. Thanks for listening. All right, guys, here we are with Mr. Mark Vallate. You recall him as the number eight seed, the wild card, the community play-in, winning the scroll around the block. Turns out that's not all this cat won. So, Mark, how does it feel to, uh, obviously you didn't go and get the get the big prize, but you still went and, you know, there was a reckoning as you beat John early in the first round. How did that feel? It was Pretty incredible. Uh, I think I said on the first time that you had me on that the the goal or what would it mean to me if I took home the belt, and a lot of that had to do with taking that next step into becoming a more competitive player, getting a little bit more that that clout, that street cred. So even if the belt not go home with me, I, I think I still accomplished what I set out to do. It was an incredible match, a great tournament. Yeah, there was a there was several plays in there to where, um, as me and Josh were watching that, and we had some sound issues I was trying to fix. So it was mostly Josh on the uh, commentary there early on, but it was just like little thing in your favor after every little thing in your favor, getting down the early guardian, getting to play your falling away before a guardian came out against you, just all kinds of early things that were breaking your way, and it was like it could happen, but. Obviously, John being the caliber player that he is, we didn't want to over overstate it early on. But, man, you could just tell that things were kind of breaking your way. Did you feel that in that match as the, as the things were unfolding? Uh, 100%. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I alluded to when we were talking about my deck in preparation for the, the tournament. And I mentioned it was kind of built to be a little bit more high risk, high reward. And of course, including a guardian in your deck is going to be risky. It's it's going to be a dead card half the time, or it's going to put you one lost soul ahead of your opponent half the time. And uh, of course, you're risking a dominant slot to take that gamble. So uh, yes, yeah, definitely paid off for me. Uh, I saw that guardian come up, I think, on my second or first draw of the game. And uh, felt an overwhelming sense of relief that I got that. Um, I don't think he was even playing Guardian in his deck, but as soon as I got my falling away up, I did not risk the opportunity of him also playing a Guardian. So those those were uh, two big advantages, I think, early on in the game. 
Yeah. If we're going to say the call of the game, uh, that would definitely be the play where you played Great Morning into, I believe it was Death of Unrighteous, to oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, clear the souls off your board. Um, and if I had to say, I think that's probably the best play that we saw the entire tournament, uh, at least on the, the feed that we was watching and, and doing commentary on. I got pretty excited. I was like, man, Mark is in the streets. <laughs> and it was just like this, like, that was the moment, like, it was real, like, the wild card's about to win this thing. How did that feel pulling that play off? And those were some cards that you included in your deck that were kind of, kind of, you know, not what you would expect to see players playing at this tournament, even it being a classic scrolls-only tournament. Um, you had Self right there. I believe there was Great Morning, and then you played into the Death of Unrighteous. So just tell us about including those in your deck, and then how did it feel having that big payoff, getting to play those in a chain and pulling them off? Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm really excited to go back and listen to your commentary. I'm, I've been trying to catch up on some things ever since I got home, but I, I am very much eager to hear what you guys were saying because uh, I know there's a lot of thoughts going on in my head during the game, and uh, I think it'd be really interesting for me to, to go back and rewatch the game, knowing what I was thinking and then hearing what uh, what you all thought was going on. Um, I, I guarantee you that your, your, your thoughts are probably way more insightful than mine were at <laughs> some of those moments. But uh, regarding those cards and that play in particular, I was going back to my deck. Uh, this was actually a very similar deck to what I ran at Scroll Around the Block. It was Judges with a hybrid Assyrian Magician defense. Uh, the offense remained pretty much the same. I, I slimmed it down a hair. But for the defense, when I was reworking it for Mr. Classic, I made sure I had a little bit more brown. There's not very much multi-brigade stuff in, in Classic. Like Nowadays, you can make decks really splashy and consistent, and you can play one enhancement across half of your characters if you build it right. Really difficult to do that in Scrolls without uh, giving up some of your, your power. So, uh, obviously, everybody's running Heyman, or, uh, Heyman's plot, Uzza, and... Malachite Slave is pretty common, so you got a, a little bit of brown you can splash into pretty much anything. With the Magicians, I was also doing King Manasseh, so that's another brown character. And Self was in there purely to give me one extra card, to give me a little bit of flexibility. That's one more character I could play Heyman's Plot on. And uh, Self is probably pretty underrated. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen him get used very competitively uh, probably because nobody really knows how he works I don't, I don't know if you noticed but i kept asking questions about self on discord and and even like the night before the tournament i sent marcus uh, a, a message a private message like look how does this card work in this uh, interaction here the uh the orchid does not make a lot of sense the uh, the erratas and the play as so uh, we cleared some things up and i think He's definitely worth an include. Reason being, you can play any enhancement on him, so that's that's a huge bonus. And that's the primary reason he was in the deck. But secondly, and almost as importantly, you get to choose the numbers. You know, if you're fighting a fight-by-number character, you can go big if you need to go big. And what I did in that case was choose one of his smaller heroes so I could guarantee myself the initiative. That was the the most likely way I knew I was going to play him. So that was kind of the 
the reasoning behind self. And of course, once I had four small evil characters, they're all low numbered dudes. I figured, could I get myself into a different brigade other than pale green to give them a little bit of support? Could I get another really strong brown evil enhancement besides Heyman's plot? And I decided on great morning. Cause that's that card may not get you a block that turn, but if you can play it, even if I just play it and, and then let my guy die, uh, that's basically a guaranteed block for the following turn. And it's really hard to get yourself those those guaranteed blocks. So I think Aiken Sin is what I took out. And, and Aiken Sin is a phenomenal pale green evil enhancement. Interrupt the battle and then, boom, wipes out the battlefield. Um, but of course, it puts your opponent in special initiative every time. And they can negate it. And people typically have negates. So I figured more often than not, it's probably a better play to run Great Morning and more or less guarantee myself that that stall of a turn. The whole defense is meant to stall. Stall, stall, stall just long enough for me to get my offense going and to hopefully get to five before my opponent. So that was the the strategy. And it was just really lucky. I also had Death of Unrighteous so I could go Great Morning, drop that, and then Death of Unrighteous, so they didn't have a chance to get initiative and play it. So I was able to get to block that turn and the next turn, which which obviously was a huge furthering that momentum that was that was kind of already building in that game. Yeah, those are definitely some, some really cool inclusions to get to play that strong brown enhancement, followed up by a strong pale green. Um, and that goes to the versatility you were talking about there, self allowing you to play any enhancement, and then also choose the number so... Definitely great includes, and it, it's kind of awesome that they came together there in that moment for that play. And um, I guess let me let me fast forward because we do know that you then ran into Mr. Jaden, who went on to win <laughs> Mr. Classic. So at least you got put out by the champ, right? So you can Absolutely. take a little bit of solace in that. But did we didn't get to see that game on stream um, when we were doing commentary? So it is available on YouTube at this point. I have not gone back and watched it, but how did your deck fare in that game? And what was kind of the, the difference in your output in that game and the game with John? Did some of those early things just not go your favor? Yeah, that was part of it. Um, I remember Jaden dropped a falling away on me immediately, so I didn't even get to see my Guardian. So that obviously that's that's the risk of running Guardian. And then, oh my goodness, I... I you know, definitely broke tournament etiquette. Uh, shame on me, but I was I was thoroughly surprised because on the very first rescue, um, I drew no lost souls. So I'm thinking, ah, good. You know, Jaden's going first, but doesn't matter because I have no lost souls, and and that gives me a uh, a little bit of hope. So I'm I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Turn one, he drops a harvest time. Who who in the oh right my mind runs a harvest time? <laughs> I was, and I just, I'm like, you were, what did you take out to run harvest time? And of course, you know, everybody else in the room heard that. He's like, man, you know, don't tell everybody I'm running harvest time. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. But, oh, um, man. Yeah, that, that definitely, uh, he, he put me on tilt right from the get go. I mean, with that harvest time that kind of came out of nowhere and then came in for the soul. And then my, my deck tech tends to love gaining the initiative. Um, I'm sure you noticed in, in my my game against uh, John, I, I tended to come out with a lower number of judges. Uh, Jer is my best friend, even Deborah 4-4. And then my evil characters, you get self to get really low numbers. 
and then your uh, conjurers and a bunch of these low numbered dudes and that i didn't really seem to get initiative nearly as well against Jaden. um he he built his deck in such a way to really capitalize on the cbn stuff cbn enhancements cbn characters and since he was able to get initiative as soon as he was able to play something that was that was pretty much it so that was a very very strong deck very difficult to play against uh, especially considering the fact that i i couldn't really get the initiative in there and it, he played extremely well obviously built a strong deck as well so I'm I'm not surprised in the result, and and like I said, if I was going to lose, it, at least I lost to the guy who went on to uh, basically steamroll everybody. I think he won like five one five two the entire day. Yeah, he definitely um, he he has been on quite a winning streak here lately, and I thought Mister Classic with the scrolls would kind of maybe affect that a little bit and make him, you know, at least bring him down to other people's level, but nah. <laughs> Jaden's just got it in spades right now. Whatever he's got going on, that man is cooking. So, uh, I mean, until next year, I mean, grudge match, it's coming. I got to, I got to redeem myself in scrolls. Now, now, now I know what he's got going. I, I, I got to get ready for him. That's fair. And you can, you can, you know, slide in that burial when he does play that harvest time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I would think that. Mr. Classic next year is going to have a lot of uh, familiar faces. And I don't know how they end up deciding how to pick the participants because now that it's been a thing, maybe some other people want to get involved. Maybe they want to spread it out a little bit. And I would assume that for uh, logistical reasons, keeping it at eight makes the most sense. But what, what would you say right now, if I put you on the spot and said, here, sell it that Mr. Mark Valake deserves to be in that field of eight next year how would you how would you sell that i mean let's let's be honest here i i came in as the the underdog the eighth seed the one that everybody knew with all reason was going to get stomped in the first round and somehow pulled out an upset win against uh, the number one seed uh, arguably one of the greatest players in the history of the game so I, I think I think I've proved I can I can certainly hang with the folks at Mr. Classic. So I didn't go down, didn't roll over, and uh, had a very strong strong game. And you know I, I'm very likely going to have to earn my spot again next year. I've heard rumors that scroll around the block might be uh, an annual thing to kind of sneak in and, and grab one of those seats at the table. So you know if I if I can manage to beat the great John Early. I, I'm sure I can go back and, and win it, scroll around the block again. So I'm going to be there one way or another, whether I'm an invite or whether I got to fight my way to the table again. It's going to happen. All right, there you go. Supreme confidence, and that's what we we in the community loved about you and your uh, your story there, building up to it. Because I think I think a lot of people expected you to show up and at least be in the game, which is not what you would expect from the onset of saying, hey, eight seed versus one seed. But then you took that a step further when you sat there at the table and there was no backing down. You were just pushing. You were aggressive. You were that guy. So definitely maybe we'll see you in the field next year and maybe you can make a little bit more noise. But definitely enjoyed having you participate this year and getting to watch your games. 
uh, our game, and we've got the other game that I need to go and go and check out with you and Jade and see how that one went. But all of you guys out there that have not had a chance to see it, there is game one against John Early with commentary available on YouTube, and then his second game is against Jaden, and it is on live stream on Jaden's channel as well. Just does not have uh, commentary. Or actually, that might be on uh, John Early's Twitch stream. So watch it before it disappears type of thing. <laughs> so thanks for joining here, Mark. And uh, you've, been, you've been on the podcast now two weeks in a row. How does that feel? You're getting podcast famous. Uh, absolutely. I mean, this, this is going to be the start of a, a very bright redemption career, I think. Uh, you, you know, one thing I wanted to, to say really quick, too, um, you know, as much as I try to project that sense of, of confidence and, and how great of a game it was, and um, obviously things tilted in my favor with, uh, with how the cards came up, but I, I do want to uh, give some public gratitude toward John because it, it was a very well-played game on his end. And, and I don't just mean the technical gameplay of the cards. He was he was a fantastic opponent to play against. So I think this is something probably unique to the Redemption community. He, he wasn't a jerk, right? <laughs> and even though I got my Guardian down, and, and that's typically the point at which the pit would form in your stomach and you're, and you're starting to get maybe even a little annoyed at how things are going in the game, he was exceedingly uh, gracious. I didn't fully understand how some of the cards uh, worked. I mean, this, these are classic cards that nobody's really used in a long time, and I was not a a very strong competitive player when they were the only cards around. So he was he was extremely gracious and and kind of explaining things to me, and um, definitely a very pleasant game. And it was a it was a pleasure to to play somebody against that that caliber of of strength with the cards, but also really good character as well. It, it was the best game. I, I might have ever played, to be honest. Yeah, John's definitely one of those guys, and it can it can get kind of buried because he's got a little bit of that um, he's got a little bit of that arrogant touch to him at times. Uh, leading up to this, talking about wrestling, we mentioned that he had a had a had a bit of that Miz in him. You know, I am awesome, and <laughs> it's all about me type of thing. But underneath all of that, John's a really good dude. So. That that doesn't surprise me there, but but definitely glad that that's on the record for people to know. That's just the type of person that John is. Once you get to know him, or you have an experience like that playing against him, I guess we'll uh, get ready to drop off here with Mark. And thank you for coming on. And you know maybe we'll have my people call your people and do some kind of compensation for all this podcast work you've been putting in for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Maybe maybe we'll do something for uh, New York State that's coming up, and that's going to be a. Uh... A fairly huge event we might have maybe even close to half the people and that's it's it's going to be a pretty awesome event so we're definitely going to get you some some reports after that happens nice that that sounds awesome i did hear i did hear you guys talking potentially 35 to 40 people um at that thing so that's that's definitely good news for the state of redemption in that area oh dude yeah new york is coming back strong uh, my play group we're hitting 17 people um, just for our regular meetings and, and not even everybody shows up every meeting. So I think state tournament, we alone are going to have 20 people there. Rochester is probably going to bring anywhere from another five to 15 people. And we might get some folks out from Northeast. It's this is, this is getting to be a, a big hub for redemption again. 
Nice. That's awesome. Maybe one day you guys can force me to travel to New York for nationals. I'm telling you, man, nationals, 2025, New York. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Mark, for, for coming on, and we'll we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. Talk to you later. All right, guys. Here we are. Mr. Classic. How's that feel, Jaden? To be Mr. Classic. You might as well be Mr. Redemption at this point. Because if there's <laughs> if there's anything competitive, you're gonna win that thing. Uh yeah, it feels good. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed you didn't uh you know go go real big with the, the Mr. Classic there, but Hey man, um, my voice is still on the on the comeback trail. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That's all right. Um yeah, no, it uh yeah, feels good. So gotten to show a few people the belt so far and they you know react accordingly where it's just like wow that's a lot but that's kind of funny and it's cool yeah yeah they they ate it up about as well as the waiter at the restaurant that night <laughs> he's like let me see that thing okay whatever just, that is <laughs> he looked at that and he looked at me he looked at that and then chris was like it's a card game he's like oh okay <laughs> that makes more sense for your physique yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know how he didn't see in my my wrestling build, but you know. Well, you got to keep in mind that he's a he's a Twitch gamer himself. Himself, though, because he threw that pitch <laughs> there right. at the end. He's like, "Check me out on Twitch, guys." <laughs> I don't think I heard that. Oh yeah, but, Tyler. Uh, Tyler took his uh his screen name down or whatever his his Twitch stream name. So what maybe, does he stream? Uh, mostly I think he said Call of Duty currently. Oh okay, but. You know, maybe we mm-hmm. can get that information from Tyler, and then yeah. you know, in a year we can we can check back, go to the same maybe. restaurant after you get it for the second time. Because at this point, <laughs> I just assume you're going to keep the belt for like the eternity of this well, cycle. I mean, we can just go there during nationals. Oh, we could do that too. Yeah. It was actually really good food. It was pretty good. Not like the first restaurant that Brian drug me to. He's like, this used to be really good, and it was terrible brian it was terrible it was trash i wasted 70 dollars. <laughs> so i guess when you look at mr classic as a whole and you consider the whole event and the fact that it was almost like a mini nationals obviously there wasn't as many people there as we hope to see at nationals but mm-hmm. kind of still had that feel how would you categorize like like how would you tell people that weren't there about the experience of what mr classic was at least this first one I mean, I guess I would just describe kind of the the flow of how things went. I mean, like we got there you know, Friday morning. We started a little bit late because of because of Jay. We'll just blame Jay. Uh, <laughs> but you know, also just people you know getting in, getting things set up. You know, I was working on getting all the the streaming, um, you know, my my streaming setup going, and then um, yeah, once we did finally get playing it and you know in in future years hopefully it'll be more organized so that when we do have more players that we're kind of ready for that and you know starting on time so we can get everything in but like just doing the you know booster draft and type two on friday was a lot of fun um and i'm i'm glad that we had stuff that was like sandwiched around um the you know kind of main event or kind of the you know what the the weekend was built around which was the you know, Mr. Classic invitational portion. Um, but then I think it was cool for the players who, you know, were there for the whole weekend. They got to to do something on Friday. 
then like Friday evening, they just got to kind of hang out and watch the, you know, the games. Um, you know, I'm sure people were, you know, maybe playing games themselves up there while they were watching. And we had the whole like streaming room set up. Um, and the, you know, for, for people who weren't there, it was, um, being, uh, streamed and then you know, live commentary, uh, up on the, the projector in kind of the, the hangout room upstairs. And, um, so I, you know, didn't actually get to go up there during the, the gameplay, of course, cause I was playing. That's because you the... didn't lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I had to stay downstairs the whole time. Um, but the, uh, I'm, I'm sure that the atmosphere up there was just kind of, you know, fun hanging out, you know, playing and, and watching the game. And, uh, I, I think that that's, um, yeah, I, I think that in future, you know, iterations or years, whatever, we'll just make that only, only better, uh, where maybe we'll have, you know, both games streaming at the same time on different screens and, you know, maybe live commentary for both. Um, maybe we'll have commentators who are familiar with the cards. Uh, maybe so. Oh, wait. <laughs> I didn't I want your Josh video right. to get me, <laughs> to get me prepared. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> didn't do your homework. Oh man. Come on. Yeah. Uh, no, Josh was right. fantastic though. Josh, yeah. he, he knew the cards. He was, he was very well spoken about the strategy involved. And over here, I'm in my head at one point, I'm thinking like, Man, we haven't seen Nazareth at all. Like, I would, I would think that as a hard counter, especially if you think people are going to be going auto to their Gideon to get that difficult to mm. stop rescue. Like, that would be one of the things. And I'm thinking in my head, I was like, do you find it odd, Josh, that we haven't seen uh, Nazareth? And, but instead of saying Nazareth out of nowhere, it was like, we haven't seen more Samuel. <laughs> I was like, what? And I don't know why I was thinking Samuel at the time. Maybe it was because, like, recently, like, we had talked about Samuel's edict on a play or something. Mm-hmm. And it just came out, and he's like, well, that's because it's banned. And I was like, there's no, like, backtracking to be like, I, that's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say was Nazareth. <laughs> it was just like, that, okay. that makes sense. I do remember I, I was watching him back, and I do remember you saying that and Josh responding. But, yeah, I'm glad you you know, took this opportunity to, to clarify, kind of yeah, like explain we yourself having, a little bit. <laughs> we were having issues where when Josh would talk, like he, he would be talking and like mid sentence, it would taper off. And like, it's something with the audio processing on the board. So like the Uh-oh. whole time I was trying to figure out what was causing that issue and try to mm. fix it. And I made it better, but I never really got rid of the issue at all, like completely. So the whole time that I'm like, doing any kind of commentary with him. I'm also sidetracked because I'm, you know, in the settings for the board. Sure. And, and I don't know how that happened, but man, that was the one flaw on the whole, the whole evening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, and apparently when you, you know, we're, we're placing odds against Justin in the first two rounds. Oh yeah. Well, that's, (laughs) I mean, it's not my fault. He had those black sleeves. that looks like, Hey, I just threw a deck together and everybody else had these nice, custom sleeves so i really went by the sleeves the first time that's not really picking against him uh, i suppose but i i guess maybe on the other hand you know it could show everyone else was focused on you know the aesthetics you know spending time making sure they had the right custom sleeves and whatever when you know justin was focused on the deck you know just the the contents yeah now i have heard that justin has a very competitive streak to him once you get it going so 
if, you know, me picking against him was able to unlock a little bit of that, you know, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'll do it for the community. I'll be the guy that he needs to beat up on for the community to get that competitive edge from Justin. There you so, go. Yep. I'm okay with that. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody does have to do it. And <laughs> yes, yes, Justin, I checked on, I checked on Jeremy and his back is fully healed up from carrying me. It's fine. <laughs> so he's ready to do it again <laughs> this year. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or I'm going to need, need somebody else to do it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, maybe Justin will do it because I'm contemplating playing, uh, um, whichever limited category happens on the same day as teams. So, uh, well, see, that's where, that's where Justin might pull the ultimate troll game is build this up and be like, all right, we're going to win teams, sit down. And then he just betrays me and doesn't even try. <laughs> He's like, got my revenge punk. <laughs> just plays like an angry mob deck. That's like, you know, six, yeah. uh, 12 angry mobs. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Discard all of yours. Be like, yeah, put all of your characters down so I can ban to them. And then blocks with, you know, eight angry mobs to discard your whole territory. Or maybe he builds a deck that's as, as uh free flowing as your playmat deck. <laughs> it's just a bunch <laughs> of random things thrown together. Brigades don't match. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, that would be good no, for, for see, his revenge tour, but not for me. The The thing is that Justin, like, you know, that, that wouldn't necessarily be considered a win for him. You know, he's, he's competitive in that he, he wants to win the game, not just like, you know, play a, like a, a practical joke on you. Oh, you know? Yeah. I guess that makes sense because you were just talking about how he doesn't focus on the sleeves and things. It's yeah. just about the result for him. So that's fair. Yeah. So I, I think maybe that that would be for like a smaller tournament, but at nationals, like I, I think he'd be willing to carry you. Well, <laughs> depending on how this goes with Jeremy early on, I might be looking for somebody to carry me. I'll bring a <laughs> flyer wagon, okay? I'll there bring a go. wagon so it'll be easier. Just pull me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I guess you got to play Brian round one. And this was the mm-hmm. matchup that I kind of talked about that I could see going either way. Now, in private conversations, and I even said this beforehand to Brian at the church, I was like, some people, and when I said some people, I was talking about myself 100%. I was like, <laughs> some people think that Jaden's just going to win it because that's what Jaden's been doing lately. He just, and a lot of you guys are coming back to uh, the game in a com- competitive way or whatnot. Like John didn't play at nationals last year. Um, I don't know how much he actually played during the tournament season. Mm-hmm. You had Brian that's returning and, you know, he played at nationals, but had just returned uh, shortly before nationals to the game. You've got Justin that hasn't been playing actively very much uh, before nationals, that another similar story. So a lot of people that were just still knocking off rust, if you, if you will, Sure. And then you that's been just winning everything. So I was like, Brian, some people would say that it's going to be hard for you guys just to knock off the guys who has been winning everything. And he was like, well, yeah, but he's been winning not in scrolls only, right? <laughs> well, how does it feel now, Brian? He's won in scrolls only. So 
how how did that matchup go? And uh, was there some trash talking at the table when we were doing the commentary? <laughs> um, we ended up uh, we didn't get your guys's game because we had the one and eight matchup, um, mm-hmm. and then we got uh, the two and seven. But we rolled over in time to see that you went up three to two. He dropped his two free ones. But then you turned around and immediately dropped your two free ones, and we didn't have the context of what you guys were saying back and forth because we didn't have the audio feed from the players um, in our headset. So we don't have any of that. But how did that game flow? And uh, did Brian bring his A game on the trash talking? <laughs> oh, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to remember if we did any trash talking at the beginning. I don't. I don't think we did too much. I mean, I think both of us were – like, yeah, you know, we wanted to have a good time, but we both clearly were like wanting to win, like, you know, a little bit of kind of the, the nerve sort of thing. I mean, especially I think being the first game, you know, you kind of just like all the, all the hype and the buildup. Like I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was particularly nervous, but it's just like, then you get to the, the moment where you're actually playing and like, you know, hands are shaking a little bit. And I think both of us were kind of feeling that, um, but then the game, you know, started out and it was, uh, I mean, it, it turned out to be, I think, score wise and just even feeling wise. Like I've, I've watched all the games that I didn't, I wasn't participating in. Like I, I went through and watched all of um, Justin's games and the game against John and Mark. Uh, I guess I haven't watched the game um, with Tyler and Ron. Uh, but from what I heard, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a super close game. And so, I mean, the game that I played with Brian, both score wise and just feeling wise, I think was the closest game uh, across, you know, the the board. Um, now that that was played on Friday night there, and um, I I would encourage people to to go and watch that one specifically if you haven't already. Uh, it's on uh, John's Twitch, um, Red Dragon Thorn. And also, uh, I'm going to have them send me the the recording for it. I might do some, you know, like, overlay some commentary and uh, post it on my channel as well at some point here. But, um, yeah, I think, so Brian was the only player not playing judges. Uh, I think, you know, Ron didn't really have a judges focus, but he had, you know, a couple in there. Um, and, you know, of course, he was playing Throne. We were both playing Babylonians, so that was kind of an interesting uh, it was interesting to see kind of where the differences were between our defenses. Um, Brian was saying he did a lot of test games against Josiah playing judges and he won, I think every game he said that where Josiah played judges. So he was feeling pretty confident when I started laying down judges. And, um, yeah, I, I think that the, uh, the gameplay, or I mean, like the game really could have gone either way. Um, I rescued the third, uh, my my third lost soul. I played, uh, or, and that was his last lost soul. Like it was actually, um, he kind of played the slower game because he wasn't drawing lost souls. So he was, you know, not drawing as much with his offense and just kind of trying to you know, hold me off because he was still you know, using or like finding enough of his offense to you know, be getting through here and there. And um, I had one or like kind of just one super uh, 
important kind of sequence of events, I guess, that just played out really well for me. Um, I think I was giving him Lost Soul number one, and I almost gave him Revealer. Instead, I gave him Fight by the Numbers Lost Soul because he didn't have a Lost Soul out. So I was like, okay, in case I drop my Hopper. So I go to my turn, I draw my three, and no Hopper. I make a battle challenge with Angel Under the Oak, draw two, there's Hopper. So that goes over, gets a Lost Soul for me to go after. I exchange for Jer and draw two, and then those two is falling away. And uh, so I think, I don't think he was, had a block for Jer, so I picked up a Lost Soul there. And then in my discard phase, played the falling away to get my fight by the numbers back. Um, and then when I passed the turn, he drew three and drew Hopper. <laughs> That's a crazy turn on the on the draw two into the hopper and then the falling away. Yep. So, so that that was very uh, important. Luck seemed to favor you. Yeah, <laughs> at least in in that sequence. Yeah, that was like exactly what I needed in order to kind of keep the pressure on. And then right at the end of the game, um, I don't know. I don't know if I mean people already know that I won. I guess and and you already kind of described it. Like Brian played his two. And uh, I played, I played mine immediately after. So what had happened there is I rescued my third lost soul, which was the only lost soul that he had in his territory. So then I played harvest time to get another lost soul out, so that he only had to draw one more instead of two. That stinking harvest time, dude. I know, man. <laughs> Mark like, mentioned that when I talked to him. So harvest <laughs> time was super clutch for you in two different games. Yep. Yeah, I didn't need it against Justin, um, although I had it against Justin, and he did have DOU uh, in his deck. I don't, I don't think he had it in his hand at any point, but I was ready for him to, you know, if he, he used that. And he was actually, um, with Justin, the Harvest Time thing, like, he knew that I had it. He was looking at my hand with Ermin Thummim, so he activated Hezekiah's Signet Ring, and the reason that he didn't attack on his last turn um, I remember you guys commentating on it and you're like, you know, kind of, uh, unsure, like, oh, like he just passed the turn without even make, like trying, making an attempt. Well, he knew that I had forest fire in my hand. And so the Josiah special, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so if he attacked and I had initiative to play that, I could take out his signet ring and then my harvest time is good. And he knew that one of his few blocks left that would have been like the most impactful like he that he could try to find would be a dou um so you know he had a malachite slave in his hand an egyptian magicians in his hand so he could have um you know dug a little bit with uh, either like egyptian magicians trying to hit it off the top or bottom that'd be you know kind of lucky but uh, also a malachite slave to go get damsel to try to draw into it um and so yeah he he decided not to attack in order to kind of uh, hold off my my harvest time with his Hezekiah's signet ring. Um, so then with Brian, I used the harvest time uh, get that lost soul out. I was looking through his deck. The top two cards of his deck were Son of God, New Jerusalem. They were sitting there right together. The next two cards were the Thorns lost soul and the Star 4 lost soul. So I was looking at that and I was just glad that 
I had had the harvest time there because he would have drawn those two lost souls, but uh, Son of God, New Jerusalem, neither of them can rescue the Star 4 lost soul because it doesn't have the you know negate portion anymore in the, in the classic cards. Um, and so that would have set Brian up to potentially win that turn if he, you know, because he would have gotten the big two and if he was able to rescue a lost soul. Um, and uh, so we, sh- like, I shuffled a little bit after I searched. I think he shuffled a little bit and even cut and he drew and in like he he drew the same cards that he would have drawn. He drew Son of God, New Jerusalem, Thorns and the Star Four. And so he put them down. I asked for dominant initiative. He was, you know, he he wanted to play his first because he had them uh, to you know, make it closer, you know, five, four, um, and, and then I played mine to rescue the the last two there. So yeah, it was a it was a crazy close game you know, all throughout the game. Uh, definitely some big decisions that that had to be made that had you know implications later in the game. And um, yeah, I would definitely encourage people to go back and watch that one. Like if you, if you don't watch any of the other games, I would watch that one. So I did a good job picking out the the game for people to focus on in the opening round exactly i I feel like i kept hyping that one up four and five four and five (laughs) but that's going to whoever wins that i really thought could go on to win because i i didn't think mark was necessarily going to win but i thought he was going to push john um just because of how much work he had put in because there is something to be said for knowing your deck well and the amount mm-hmm. of work and preparation you put into it. And he was one of the few that I knew had their deck crafted and was actually playing it consistently in the build-up to the the Classic Invitational. So yeah. I knew he was going to know his deck well, and he showed it to me beforehand. Um, I think when we were finishing up Booster, he was like, here, you want to take a look at my, my deck just so that you're you know aware of what kind of to expect when you're doing commentary? It's like, sure. And I saw the the great morning. I saw the self in there. I was like, these cards seem, these cards seem like cards that you wouldn't expect to see in in this tournament field. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ended up mattering in that game. And it was just kind of cool to see the amount of work that he put into his deck. But um, as far as like just caliber of players matched up, definitely thought that you and Brian had the the best opening opening match. And also, kind of play styles is you can. I feel like you're pretty versatile. You could play anything. You could come out with any type of deck and be okay with it. Um, I guess, Brian, for more you guys that have been around him a little bit more, you know, I haven't known Brian as long as you guys, so I don't know about the whole Brian's a throne player and all of that. So I guess he went back (laughs) to his comfort zone. Um, But I had no idea what he would play leading up to it unless he went back to just what people know of him. And it seems like he did that, but it was still a competitive game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Brian went to what he was most comfortable with. And, like, you know, I, th- I think to a degree, you know, I, I I was definitely, I think I would have been comfortable with uh, a, f- a few different decks, um, kind of like, you know, the ones that I had built. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, kind of my, my bread and butter at that time of the game was a judge's deck. And so... Uh, that was really you know what I was most comfortable with as well, and it just so happened that that's what other people or like you know almost everyone else in the field felt was 
you know, either they were the most comfortable with or what they, they felt was the best offense. And, um, yeah, I think that that, um, you know, showed in, in our game of just like, you know, we were, we, we were easily able to make those, I mean, maybe not easily, but maybe more easily able to make those, you know, uh, more delicate or kind of, you know, those decisions that uh, other players who you know, maybe aren't as familiar with those cards or those themes, um, you know, would be, it would be harder for them to make those decisions kind of in the moment. You were able to navigate the landmine of decisions a little bit better. Right, right. So I, I will say that watching and doing the, the commentary, you know, I'll give it up for Josh. Josh was was the ace of commentary, and I was just kind of hanging on there. I think I had one really cool part to where I was like, Mark is in these streets. Like, I'm cool with that call. That was that was cool. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, like, Josh was definitely the star of the show. I just brought the equipment. So, you know, give respect to Josh for um, knowing Absolutely. the cards and also, you know, carrying carrying me, you know. Maybe he, he was <laughs> pulling my wagon that night. <laughs> um but I will say that I think that after watching you guys play, I was of the impression early on, and John told me that he didn't think it was necessarily the case, but I thought that this is something that could get stagnant really quickly um, since it's a limited card pool. Like, there's no new cards coming into this. It's not necessarily limited, but there's no new changes to the card pool. Mm-hmm. Um you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you've got these scroll cards and this is what's available. But yeah. knowing the intricate decisions of, like, playing this card, Mark playing those couple of cards that are not expected, I mean, I could see where this, even without any, you know, active ban list changes, you know, getting crazy with that type of thing to where it could still be really competitive, especially you start adding in new players with new tendencies, new, you know, familiar cards or, or comfort zone cards that they're going to use. Um, where you kind of keep this thing spicy for mm-hmm. the foreseeable future. So definitely, I think that my mind started to change a little bit watching that. And I really did like the flow of the game. It seemed like it was like, all right, draw. Here we go. We're in the battle. This is my rescue. What you got, homeboy? And then it's like, all right, my turn's over. You draw. What you got, homeboy? <laughs> Instead of <laughs> the much, whole like yeah. trigger of this to where it's like, you're five minutes into a turn and they haven't even gone into battle yet of like modern redemption sometimes yeah. to where I feel like the pace was really fun to watch and there was not a lot of dead space in the game. So that was kind of cool to see, yeah. you know, and I, I think that's more representative of that time period in the game. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, for one, I, I'll point out that that's, pretty much what i told you about scrolls only in the the pre-tournament interview is like this is a it, it helped me kind of realize you know the the differences between the game and i think that you know even a player like you could enjoy it so uh i'll just say i, I called that even a player um, like me look i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to win something to get you guys off my back <laughs> I'm I'm just saying a player like you as in you're newer to the game. Like you're you're not as used to those oh, okay. old cards. Yeah. Okay. And then um, I dislike those old cards. <laughs> <laughs> um but also I mean, yeah, the, the the game just kind of you know, flows a little differently. The decisions you're making aren't like, okay, which hero 
do I, you know, need to, uh, to search for like which territory class enhancement, uh, do I play? You know, it's more like, okay, I've got this one territory class enhancement. I'm going to play that. Uh, and then maybe the decision is like, okay, I've got Otto. Do I go for Jer? Do I go for Gideon? You know, do I, do I need a little bit more speed or do I need a little more punch? Um, and you know, of course that's, that's specific to the, the judges deck and, and other decks might be even a little more like narrow in your options. You know, Otto is, is obviously one of the stronger heroes and, uh, and scrolls only and gives you some, you know, decent options there, but like, you know, thrown, it's kind of like, okay, I've got this hero that bans to that hero that draws some cards, like, you know, just push it in. Um, no offense to Brian, I guess, you know, no, I'm not trying to say that throne is, you know, like too easy to play um but you know it's like they're just overall as a format like it's it's a little bit easier to to play just kind of from a you know the cards don't do as much uh standpoint um and and they're just kind of like fewer things to keep track of but there are definitely still decisions that you know make a big difference of um you know i guess kind of making those small-ish decisions of like, okay, do I need a little bit more speed with Jer or do I need to, you know, hope they don't have anything or like maybe they just have a, um, you know, small chump block or something and I'm supposed to go to Moses, you know. Um, so it's kind of like making those uh, kind of pacing decisions and uh, that, that I think kind of, you know, gives the, the interesting value, I guess, to uh, the, you know, scrolls only as a format rather than being, you know, interesting from a, there's all these crazy things going on like we have in, you know, current or, you know, rotation redemption. Yeah. And some of those decisions are kind of lost nowadays with the uh, aggressive resource generation. People just kind of sell out for, okay, Turn one, I'm going to Matthew no matter what. Or, you know, I've got five ways to Matthew. That's my that's my turn one rescue. Even right. though your turn one rescue yields a soul like 15% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> because there's usually an answer for Matthew. Not to mention on the flip side, a lot of times you let them generate a lot of resource based on you going to Matthew. So but I guess some of those decisions are, are, you know, more unique to that style because you're playing at a slower pace than you know now and modern redemption the way that you kind of are just selling out for uh resource generation mm-hmm. but i guess let me ask you and i didn't mean for this to, to be a super long thing but i'm sure people will enjoy hearing the ins and outs of some of the the decisions that you <laughs> made throughout your games and and whatnot um, being that you are now the first ever mr classic and <laughs> You know, your words now carry a little bit more weight. Not only are you Jaden Allstead, you know, guy that stepped out of his brother's shadow and won type one this past year. <laughs> You're Jaden Allstead, the first ever Mr. Classic. I mean, you're going to have to tell Rob that you need you need money for endorsing his game because you're the first ever <laughs> Mr. Classic. I mean, there's there's just a big future going ahead for you. But if we fast forward a year from now, and we're getting ready for the next Mr. Classic. 
and you don't know who the the challengers will be, but let's assume there's going to be another eight. You're going to be one of the eight because you are the defending. You gotta you gotta take your belt. You gotta lay it on the line. Yep. What do you think right now, just from the outset? What do you think your confidence level is of being able to repeat and be the first ever two time Mister Classic? Oh man. So I mean, I don't know exactly um, what the plan is as far as you know format and you know who's all going to be invited and everything for next year. Uh, it sounds like they're you know, getting some ideas together of like, okay, they're going to have this many, you know, uh, qualifiers, this many, you know, play-ins, um, this many people who, you know, it's just kind of like their, their reputation kind of got them in. Um, and so, I mean, it's going to be a, a different field and there are definitely some, you know, players who are more active in, uh, you know, current redemption who, you know, maybe even if they're not as familiar with the, the scrolls cards, you know, depending on what what the format ends up, you know, shaking out to be, they would still they can still be competitive. I mean, like you know, you you mentioned how Josh was doing the commentary with you, and he was you know uh, making doing the commentary uh, the, for me, <laughs> <laughs> doing yes. the yeah, pointing out the you know the strategies and like different things like okay this is probably what you know this this player is doing here of like okay or you know this person is kind of behind on tempo and you know josh understands kind of those uh you know concepts that are you know that that i guess transcend the 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 card pool that you're you're working with space time continuum and goes all the way back to the (laughs) scrolls only format exactly yeah he does he does the doctor strange thing and uh, i don't know um but does he know so, how to read a bracket that, Sorry. that's a good question <laughs> uh that that might set him apart from some of the field too um, at least from jay <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i mean like you know player like him player like you know jeremy um you know those, those guys can uh, can go pretty far with uh, their, you know, even their understanding of the game kind of as it is presently, even if they weren't playing you know, directly with uh, that, you know, or when that format was a thing, you know, back before 2012 or so. So so this is Jaden giving the political answer. Instead okay, fine. Of just, I'm very confident they're all us. going down. Okay, there we go. That's what we need. <laughs> Mr. Two Times. You heard it here first. Dude, could you I'm imagine the belt. fast forward a year? I'm I'm only going to ever refer to you at that point as Mr. Two Time. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Two Time. But oh, what man. about what about when I win it for the third time in a row? Then you'll be Mr. Three Time. Okay. All, All the right. way up until, woo, 16 <laughs> time. <laughs> uh, yes, there will be in the year 2039. Yes, Fortress Austin has the belt, has the belt, has never relinquished the belt. (laughs) (laughs) You know, someone said, I heard, I heard that it was going to have a permanent residence at the Jones's uh, residence, but I guess it does have a permanent residence 
maybe, but just not with the Joneses. So <laughs> instead of keeping up with the Joneses, we got to keep up with the Allsteads. You know. There we go. But have you have you and uh, have you and Justin played any like what if you played again matches with your two decks? Uh, we haven't played any more games. We did talk about our our match some more. Uh, we actually talked about doing some. Um, you know, not necessarily like commentary, but just kind of like a, a thought process video of uh, like going through our game again and kind of like, okay, here's what you know I was thinking here, and you know, here are some of the uh, considerations I made. Um, it's you know, we we you know talked about some theoreticals with the you know last round like you know if if I had not drawn uh, the the fight by the numbers soul on that last turn and Justin had used son of god on my exchanger then you know he would have still had his punisher soul active and he probably is able to get a block that turn um, because he you know had ways to get around pretty much everything other than the Aaron Moses band. Um, but, you know, he didn't know that I had Moses in hand. And, you know, so there were just kind of a, a number of ways that it could have played out differently. Um, you know, for sure that first battle where I was able to get so much value with that, uh, the side battle and the, you know, Nebby taking out two of his evil characters and his charms, um, you know, thinking about how, that could have played out differently if he had just used charms, um, you know, instead of, instead of risking the block. Yeah. That first turn, I remember the, the side battle. I was so excited because that was the first time in Mr. Classic in the field, um, in our streams that we had seen Nebuchadnezzar and I was all excited for him to get one last ride. So <laughs> <laughs> to see him in the side battle there at the beginning, that was pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I guess you, you guys really have almost an unfair advantage now that you are are just you live together now, so you you get to play all the time if you want <laughs> as much as you want. You're two of the best players, and you just finished first and second in the Mister Classic Invitational. So the odds are that you guys are going to be right back in that in that limelight when Mister Classic rolls around next year, you know. And we're expecting that you guys are going to be you know, in the mix for nationals as well, just iron sharpening iron. You guys, <laughs> you guys get to just play whenever you want and have high quality, uh, at least matchups with deep thought. And, uh, some people don't have that. And I mean, maybe that, do you think that that leads to a lot of your success is just having, you know, that, that group of players around your brothers and whatnot and being able to have used them all this time to, uh, you know, finally break through and now you're the top dog. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely helps, uh, to, I mean, I, I don't think I would be anywhere near the, you know, competitive player that I am today if it weren't for, you know, getting whooped on by my brothers when I was growing up, um, yeah, in redemption, not physically, well, sometimes physically, but you know, um, <laughs> the Justin does look like he could, he could be mean. <laughs> See, the thing is that actually, like, let's see, Justin would have been going to college when I was five. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> like, just learning 
just you know starting to learn to read which is you know about when i was uh, that's that's pretty much when i started uh playing redemption and um so i mean like you know we'd still uh we'd we'd see each other at tournaments and whatnot and you know you'd move back home at some point in there and uh, then my other brothers you know we would play and really my next door neighbor growing up um you know we would play a lot uh, actually i i almost when I, I i talked about that purple teal deck that i was thinking about playing uh at or in the pre-tournament podcast and uh, i i kind of would have built that as like an homage i guess to my uh my next door neighbor growing up because that was you know, probably the best deck that he uh built before he stopped playing you know kind of when when we went off to high school or when we were you know going to high school and we we're busier and whatnot um and uh, yeah he played a purple teal deck um i think with an assyrian defense if i remember correctly uh, that was pretty strong at that time like just right after priest came out and uh, yeah, it was a fun deck to uh, to to play and, and so yeah all that to say like i mean just that experience of uh, being able to play against some of the you know best players kind of at you know almost any time uh, you know they were they were older and, and busy but you know, we still lived in the same house for uh, a number of years and then also having my neighbor next door and us kind of getting to learn and, and you know grow in the game together um and then you know even now to today when you know justin and i live together i mean we don't we really don't play redemption uh all that often with each other i mean like we uh, most of the redemption that i play these days is with people online um but you know we talk about it still and um you know i think that that's that pattern has, has kind of shown with some of the other top players in the game. You know, you had Josiah on here talking about how, you know, it took him like a hundred games or whatever to beat Jerome, but he finally did it. And, you know, he did that much and more and uh, became one of the, the best players to play the game. Um, you know, Jay and Jeremy, they were, you know, before Jay moved up to, to Michigan, they were playing all the time. And, uh, you know, he talked about how they, you know, do phone calls every day talking about redemption and wrestling and all that. But, uh, you know, they, it's, it, it really is the, the iron sharpens iron thing. And I've been, uh, it's been really cool to see how I think more players are getting some of that experience, uh, now than, than previously, like through discord and the, um, you know, the, this rules temple deck building, you know, discord that, uh, um, you know, Josh and Jay started, which, uh, I believe the invitation has been extended to anyone who's, uh, you know, interested, he can reach out anyone to the... that's breathing, I believe is the only requirement. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so anyone's so, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Don't hold your breath. So yeah, just seeing, you know, ideas constantly there and, and people, you know, looking for games and playing on lackey and everything in the main discord. And uh, I think that there's a lot more you know, sharpening going on, um, and, you know, sharing of ideas, uh, to, to the point where, you know, we've got a lot of, uh, I, I feel like we have more competitive players, you know, in the game right now. Yeah. Like the, the competitive, 
the competitive value scale I think is higher per player. Yeah. Than like when I first started because it seemed like you had like this elitist group of okay, these are the good guys and everyone's just trying to like work their way up to that level. And now I think like people are going to sit down even if they don't necessarily know how to play it the best. They're going to sit down and because of all the resources we have in the game, they're going to have a top level deck. Like somebody's like, "I yeah, I just copied this deck from Tyler or Jaden or something." And they sit down. Now they have a a deck that's capable of winning. Mm-hmm. Almost at sometimes regardless of the pilot depending on the build and the matchup of who they're playing and whatnot. So they're sitting down with competent decks now. And then the the play just from having those decks in hand now more readily accessible, they're going to be making better plays and becoming better players because once you've got a good deck, I mean, if you're able to, you know, learn with that deck and play that deck, you start to pick up on some of the the reasons that certain cards are included in that quote-unquote good deck from these good players and you start to understand how these cards work together and I feel like the overall skill level of players has risen dramatically since I started in the game in 2019. Yeah yeah absolutely yeah I mean like even just looking at um, you know getting to meet the players in in Brian's play group uh, this past weekend was was really cool and um you know seeing the the different decks they were playing they were you know they were all kind of like lined up to play against tyler i mean you know not not physically lined up but you know uh they all wanted to, to play against him and um you know get some advice and, and some of them were playing decks that they had um you know like taken from from one of the videos i had posted or one of the videos tyler had posted and um you know i think that it's a relatively young uh as far as like you know gameplay is concerned like it's a it's a relatively young group like you know brian is just kind of getting back into the game and i think he kind of is bringing these guys with him and you know to see that the level that they were already playing at uh it was it was pretty cool and they're all like very well mannered and and whatnot like those that too yeah they were all calling him Mr. Jones, which yeah, um, Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, look what I just pulled. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, I mean that's uh, that's cool that uh, you know they they kind of have that level of uh, you know respect for him, and and now I kind of I mean I kind of want to call him Mr. Jones now too. So yeah, I mean I'll call him Mr. Jones if I can pull an ultra rare plus Gabriel instead of a regular ultra rare his sacrifice. <laughs> 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 I mean, I wasn't excited enough after pulling that his sacrifice to call him Mr. Anything. <laughs> dude. That's fair. I can't Although, believe you got the box that I should have gotten. Dude. Oh man. That's that's uh, insane. I, uh, I was I was kinda worried too because the first ultra rare that I opened was just the regular ultra rare Gabriel, and I was like, oh man. But uh yep, yeah, then it was Three ultra rare pluses, including the authority of Christ I've been chasing. <laughs> Dude, I'll, I will trade you this one if, we, if you got something for me. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I just I wanted <laughs> the feeling of popping a pack open and just getting to see that card. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, like, and all of the winnings that we did last year. And I guess it, it's definitely a fair trade off, but uh, I really wanted the um 
I really wanted the, uh, I guess, the second plaque for teams. And uh, Jeremy ended up, because he had the other plaques, he was like, yeah, I'll just get first pick of the promos. And obviously he took the Ultra Rare Plus of Authority of Christ. But I got an extra plaque. So it balances out. So I've just been <laughs> chasing it kind of since then. And I bought two of the four Ultra Rare Plus, uh, uh, I'm sorry, four Ultra Rare boxes super pack boxes and mm-hmm. i think i think we ended up with two pluses out of all of those and you got three out of one box man. get out of here man <laughs> <laughs> well at least we know that the overall ratios are about right <laughs> i guess so <laughs> um but now it seems we have, have rabbit trailed here um and you bit. did say earlier that i was lucky that john didn't win because then I wouldn't be able to do a short recording. Dude, we're 47 <laughs> minutes in. Like, I, I think we just got to cut you off here. <laughs> oh, and that's not even that's not even counting the, the first few minutes before the, oh, the disconnection yeah, before we... that no one knows about because you edited it out. Yeah, well, now you just told them, man. But oh, if they can't oh. tell that it was, it was patched in, that means I'm doing my job, right? <laughs> that's true, yep. If so, I gave it away, then it's, it's only good things for you. Yeah, well... I will uh I will say that I will work on getting my voice strong so that at nationals I can introduce you as the first ever Mr and hold it and we can do all that classic can't do it right now but ladies and gentlemen this is your first ever Mr classic all he does is win I mean it's like it's like the college version of Tim Tebow playing redemption all the man does is win Jaden Allstead so, you got any final words you want to uh, sign off the people with? Oh, man. I just mean, say keep it. Duh, you, you ruined it. You were just supposed <laughs> to say keep it classic. <laughs> oh. oh. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to go back to, it's like every time someone says that I, I don't lose, I have to go back and be like, oh, no, there's there's a video of Jay beating me on, on my YouTube channel. The one just video you keep referencing? That, that That's what he would he would point out, and he's like, I've beaten Jaden before. We've got video evidence, you know? And he you know, also I'm, beat me. I'm on actually the one this. person that's beaten Jaden on his channel. <laughs> <laughs> Jay would live it up. <laughs> uh, but he did beat me on stream this weekend, in fact. So uh, didn't quite get there in the, the, uh, the classic event, but I'll blame it on the fact that I'd didn't uh, put falling away in my deck because I couldn't find a joy to. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you got to let Jay have have a little bit every now and then for oh, all yeah, the right yeah, that we sure. give him. So yeah, he can he can win some of the little stuff. Yeah, when he comes to yeah. nationals, you know he'll he'll have to <laughs> he'll have to bow down to the Mister Classic. <laughs> yep. Rumor has it he's going to be there this year. So rumor does time. have it. It's going to be fun having him back at Nationals. Oh, yeah. So, all right. This is Threshing Floor signing off. John Hendricks here, Mr. Classic. Peace. Stay classic, everybody. There you go. Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs>Shut the door on the classic invitational Mr. Classic that happened in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we turn our focus towards major tournament season 
with states and regionals happening all over the country as we get ready and we start the road to Nationals 2023, also in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we hope to see you there. Maybe our paths will cross along the tournament season. And if not, we'll see you at Nationals. Let's get ready.